Cool. So today we're going to talk about dark sky and bug ratings. Jake, what is a bug rating? Um, a bug rating is uh, the it's the word the letters stand for backlight, uplight, and glare. Um, it's essentially um, a rating that tells you uh, that's it's related to the to a fixture, a light fixture. Um, it pulls data from the IES file. It tells you how much light is going backwards, which would be the B. Um, up, which would be the U, and then G is separate from those two, and that's essentially the glare or the candela um, of that of that light. Gotcha. And Trent, <clears throat> how do bug ratings and dark sky compliance relate to each other? And I guess how are they different? Yeah, I guess um, the uplighting is probably one of the main concerns as far as having um, dark skies. You don't want to have the sky glow happening, so usually you need a recess light that's pointed down to prevent any light from going up. Um, you also want to consider light trespass, um, so that's where backlight comes in. Uh, you don't want light going on other people's properties, and you just want to make sure that light is where it's intended to be. Cool. So bug ratings have nothing to do with bugs. They do not. <laughs> not <laughs> <right>. today. <laughs> gotcha. Not. Cool. Yeah. So when, when people talk about dark sky, I would say that's often a misunderstood term. There is an official dark sky rating. Uh, I believe it's IDA dark sky. And then local, uh, you know, local cities, local areas have taken that and created their own version of dark sky. Um, I know it, it can mean everything from a 3,000 Kelvin color temperature fixture or warmer with all the necessary uh, accessories and recessed light engines to create limited uplighting. It can also just mean uh, a fixture at zero degrees, mm -hmm. um, you know, any fixture at zero degrees. So Jake, um, so you, you run our applications team. So you, you guys see a variety of dark sky requests. How would you categorize the different types of requests i know there's probably infinite variations but if you had to kind of chunk them together in a few different buckets how would you categorize dark sky requests yeah it kind of goes by application that's probably the first easiest and the easiest bucket to put uh things into so you have um, sports lighting which is a, a world entirely on its own when it comes to dark sky stuff then you have general parking lot uh, facility type lighting parking lot lighting is is by far the most common. Um, roadway is also relatively common, um, but we don't do a lot of DOT type of roadway work, so yep. it, it doesn't come up as much for us. Um, so specifically parking lot lighting. And then the other, the next level of that is going to be just diving into exactly what was requested on the front end um, from our sales team, from the end user, whoever we're working with, whoever the, whoever the salesperson is working with, um, and just kind of trying to trying to dig through exactly what yep. they need. Um, it's a little bit easier because we can take it a step further and we can um, and we can figure out exactly where the job site's located and certain areas around the country have much stricter requirements for dark sky. So when someone says, I need a dark sky fixture in California, for example, um, they, that means something entirely different than dark sky in Wisconsin. That's a great point. Um, so that's that same, same term. Yeah. Way different requirements. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So those are like the general places that we would start uh, with a design. From there, we just go through um, different fixture options. Uh, obviously, if it needs to be dark sky, 
Uh, we're, we're always talking about something zero degree mounted, so side mounted, the, all the lights going straight down. Um, but in, in a place like California, you might require, have a hard requirement for recessed for 3000K. Um, whereas like here in Wisconsin, they might not necessarily care about the color temperature as long as it's zero degree mounted like we kind of just discussed. So it's it's similar to the Florida Wildlife like Florida Wildlife Commission for yeah. Amber and Turtle Friendly, where in some ordinances, some codes, as long as you have the right amber LED chip with the right wavelength and maybe a glare shield, that's good enough to comply with their standards. In other areas, you need official FWC uh, compliance, but all requests come in as turtle friendly. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, part of our applications process is to, you know, is to identify, you know, what, how strict is the requirement and, you know, a lot of that is based on geo. Um, I, I think I've also seen factories that will make up their own certification. Yeah. So, and there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that, but it, it can, you know, maybe create some confusion. Um, so, so would you say the four categories are official IDA and then you have local city codes um, and then there are third-party cl- compliance now other than IDA, like ETL has a comp- uh, yeah. a certification and then the last would be factory certifications yeah. are those kind of the four categories yeah, yeah, okay yeah so trent as far as the official certs uh i guess ida versus uh you know etl or ul um how do those how do those differ and what are they trying to accomplish yeah i guess um the certs would be ida and dlc and dlc just put out technical requirements at the end of 2021 for what would meet their standards and they created this along with um, IDA. It's just something to give customers a point of reference and maybe a single source for um, dark sky compliance type of stuff. And it just is, I think, similar to like a manufacturer creating a their yep. own mm-hmm. cert, but it's more standardized and it's going to also have to do with the quality of the light fixture and how reliable it is, um, lumen maintenance and oh, really? things like that. So it kind of goes, goes beyond uh, IDA in some Yeah, in it kind of mixes just DLC yep. and IDA okay. in some regards, but it's it's just another thing for people to, to use. Okay. So Trent, you spend uh, the majority of your time on, on product engineering and uh, running that team at at Wisconsin Lighting Lab, what are some of the challenges from a factory or a product engineering standpoint? What are some of the challenges that these uh, requirements create? You know, like we, let's pick bollards for 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 one example. Um, you know, bollards. We do a lot of bollard work. We also do a lot of high output uh, uh, products. I guess what are challenges in each category is when it comes to dark sky compliance. Yeah, I guess by nature the design of the bollard it. There's a light source above, and the bollard tube is below it, and there's going to be a certain amount of light that hits internal parts of the bollard tube, and they're going to get reflected back up into the sky. So immediately you're going to start seeing the bug rating, the U value go to 1, no matter what you do. Um, Then you have to kind of side mount a fixture to a bollard tube in order to get to a u0 which is which from a customer's perspective is a bit of a compromise because you would you don't want people walking by and like catching their leg on yeah aesthetically it's not (laughs) as nice to look at either so um there's just give and take with bollards for sure yep and then as far as like high output stuff goes 
they just put out so much light yeah. that any light going in the up direction is going to increase your U value, even though it's like a, a 1% maybe of the total light output, it's still going to be, you know, up to like a thousand lumens of uplight. Yeah. And you have a hundred thousand lumen fixture. So you can certainly have challenges with getting dark sky compliance out of a very high output product. And Jake, that's one thing you've mentioned in the past mm-hmm. uh, is the bug rating and the requirements do not scale along with the, the fixture itself. So if you have a thousand lumen fixture and the bug rating calls for a thousand lumens or less of uplighting, I'm not sure if that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is, but then you have a hundred thousand lumen fixture and it still calls for that. Yeah. You're kind of handcuffing some of your the higher output products. Yeah, obviously the bug rating is, and this is where we run into issues because um, the markets that we're primarily dealing with are going to be the high output markets. Um, the bollard one is a little bit of a weird, a weird one too, because there's a lot of times when they have hard requirements for a zero uplight in that area, and there's a there has to be some type of light somewhere. And bollards are usually the kind of like the go-to to fill in the blank of having not having poles in an area. So the bollard, just to wrap up that, is like having an uplight of of one on a bollard. You're talking. 10 lumens and so something like that you're that's not necessarily going to create issues with this guy you're talking when you have uplights of of like a rating of five like on a really like a really crazy bright floodlight like in the in the markets that we deal with um that's where you're getting a majority of your sky glow from so it's like those are the those are the, the that market the high output market is really where the bug rating really is coming into play the most and again like you mentioned it doesn't scale at all. So basically, it's zero to ten is your bug rating of one. Zero being a zero um, for the U rating, um, and then anything beyond that, it's just like it's like I think it's ten to a hundred, then a hundred to a thousand, um, up to B B B four B five I believe is up to ten thousand. I could be wrong on that. It might be five thousand, but either way, it doesn't scale linearly with the output of the fixture. Um, so that puts us in kind of a tough place when we're talking about high mass type applications, um, because there's just so much light coming out of those fixtures. You can't control everything. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, like you said, it's, it, it's, it's difficult to control a hundred percent. Yeah. I would think for high mass mass fixture too, if you have a 120 foot lighting assembly, the downlight is creating as much sky glow as, as yeah. the uplight as well. Cause the, the downlight in that case is way brighter than an uplight for a 20 foot, you know, lighting assembly. Yeah. That's why like when you think of the bug rating stuff, especially the up, it's like, it's all fixture specific. Um, it's not application specific. Yep. And they do that obviously because you can't control every application. You can only control what you can control. And the easiest point to control is the fixture. Um, but I guess like, that's like one of the biggest takeaways is with this up with the, with the bug rating stuff, the uplighting, there probably needs to be a little bit. In some areas, they're very strict, and there probably needs to be a little bit more variation. And people need to realize that just because we're supplying a fixture that has an uplight of two um, doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be better than an uplight of one or zero. Yeah. Um, if you have a bunch of fixtures, like you have 12 fixtures with all with an uplight of zero, um, opposed to like two fixtures with an uplight of one. Yeah, the application itself um, is going to 
create less like sky glow mm -hmm. just based on the reflections of the ground. Maybe there's less overall lumens. Um, so that's a, something to keep in mind for people is you got to think about the entire application, not just dial down to the, yep. the exact fixture specs. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, maybe a good thing to close on too is, you know, we, our application engineering product engineering teams get pretty involved on pretty much any high output job. You know, we do a lot of our own lighting designs and you know, we can work through the technical details on a project to project basis, help educate, uh, you know, our customers, our sales partners, you know, their, their engineers. So it's, you know, rather than simply just publishing, here's the data, here's the requirements, you know, we're here to help mm -hmm. get through those nuances because there are nuances on every single application, you know, mounting height affects it, locate, you know, the location, of the job affects it. There are just certain things you can't work around. So, you know, we can help identify some of those, but yeah, we're, we're certainly here to help not just publish information, but, on a, on a job to job basis, help work through some of these things. So yeah. I guess, do you guys have any, anything else you want to make note of on the topic? Um, I think I just, one thing too, just for people to keep in mind, um, especially in areas like California, I mentioned this already where they're relatively strict with, with the uplighting, um, and kind of just the bug rating overall, uh, depending on the actual location and kind of just like what's all going on in the environment, California and other states like Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico. Um, these states generally have, um, they have specified lighting zones and those lighting zones are basically what you need to follow um, if you're trying to follow a specific bug rating. Um, so knowing those lighting zones, we can help determine what those lighting zones are. They're all, it's all found on like the government websites. Um, but just knowing those lighting zones helps us when we're selecting products and creating the, the lighting designs. So just something additional to keep in mind. That's like another layer into just the bug rating. Okay. Well, it's great to know. Yeah. Anything else? Sounds good. I think I'm good. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks.